Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 240 of the Fun With Cars Formula One podcast. I'm Robin Warner. Today, I'm going to talk about the British Grand Prix from Towcester, England, which was the 10th round of the Formula One championship. There was also an IndyCar race in Iowa and an IMSA race in Canada. I'm going to discuss those races next podcast. For full schedules of all four race series I'd like to talk about, go to funwithcars.com slash schedules. It is Monday evening, July 9th, and Chris Roche picked a bad time to go on holiday because he missed quite the race at Silverstone. Here are the results. Sebastian Vettel won the British Grand Prix, denying Lewis Hamilton, who finished second. Vettel, of course, in his Ferrari, Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes. Kimi Raikkonen, uh, he rounded out the podium in the second Ferrari. And Valtteri Bottas, despite his very valiant effort, could only manage fourth in the second Mercedes. Daniel Ricciardo was the leading Red Bull in fifth, and Nico Hulkenberg the leading Renault in sixth. However, that doesn't quite tell the full story because Max Verstappen was quite strong for most of that race. Espan Ocon was the leading uh, Force India in seventh. Fernando Alonso, the leading McLaren in eighth. Kevin Magnussen, the leading Haas in ninth. And Sergio Perez, the leading Force India in tenth. In 11th place, Stoffel Van Torn was in the second McLaren. And 12th place, I mean, in these times, it's not so bad. 12th place, Lance Stroll in the leading Williams. 13th place, Pierre Gasly in the leading Toro Rosso Honda. 14th place in the second Williams, Sergei Sorokin. 15th place, a DNF for Max Verstappen. He's the leading one. And then the rest of the group was not classified. And that includes, yet again, Romain Grosjean in the Haas Ferrari, Carlos Sainz in the Renault, Marcus Erickson in the Sauber Ferrari, Charles Leclerc in the other Sauber Ferrari, and poor old Brendan Hartley, who couldn't even get more than a lap in. His car had this uh, suspension failure in qualifying, and then, or was it Sunday morning? Doesn't matter. And they tried to get the car repaired in time, kind of, sort of did. They did a lap, decided it was no good, and brought the car right back in. So that was just one frustrating, uh, one frustration after another for Mr. Hartley. There's a lot of passion between people's favorite drivers. You know, you can't argue with that. Some people really, really like Sebastian Vettel. Some people really, really like Lewis Hamilton. And uh, Danny Ricardo definitely has his favorites, Max Verstappen, Kimi Raikkonen. And then, uh, of course, there's strong contingent for Carlos Sainz, Fernando Alonso. But love or hate Sebastian Vettel, you have to give him respect. He drove brilliantly at the British Grand Prix. It was a race filled with all kinds of different dramas. I mean, this really was the type of Grand Prix that Formula One is all about. There was real on-track passing. There was real engineering strategy decisions that had to be made, frustrations, failures because people are trying so hard, racing incidents that uh, showed real bravery. And throughout all of that, Sebastian Vettel drove really well. And in the end, Ferrari made a good strategy call to get him on fresher tires during the second yellow no the first yellow flag and uh which brought out the safety car and he was able to capitalize overrun uh Valtteri Bottas who was on older and harder compound tires and uh 
poor Valtteri, it was clear that uh, once he'd struggled to keep Vettel behind him, that any life left in those tires were gone, and he was just a sitting duck, and he ended up fourth place in the race. But Vettel, as a result, has now extended his lead. He is now eight points clear in the Drivers' Championship. That's not a lot. Uh, 171 points versus 163. There's still um, several races to go. So there's no, by no means any kind of, well, that wraps it up. I mean, but the fact of the matter is after the first third of the race, it was really starting to look like Mercedes had an edge again. But then these last few Grand Prix, it's really been flipping back and forth. And for Ferrari to win in Britain um, is kind of a major stamp. Now, Lewis Hamilton of course, drove brilliantly in his own right to be uh, bumped by Kimi Raikkonen on, what was it, turn three, sent all the way to the back of the field and was still able to finish second. Now, he did get a little bit of help from the safety cars, but still, I mean, he was running very strongly. And I think even without any safety car cautions, I think he would have ended up on the podium. Um, So, Lewis was driving really well. Obviously, the Mercedes was strong. But, you know, Mercedes is in this weird place where they tend this year more than any. It's become clear they tend to take a pretty cautious approach to uh, racing strategy and, you know, keep track position over giving the car a better tire or something like that. And did it hurt or help for uh, Mercedes? It's hard to say because... If they had fresher tires but not did not have the track position and other people also had fresher tires, where would that have ended up? Or if they had gotten if they had jumped in, would other people have stayed out? You never know, right? Either way, Lewis Hamilton drove brilliantly. The fact that he was able to salvage second place showed real championship form. What was ironic though is that he walked off before the interviews. I don't know if he was despondent or just in a daze or what happened, but uh, he ended up getting interviewed on the podium because he had walked off before <laughs> before uh, Martin Brundle had a chance to talk to him. Anyway, doesn't really matter. Kimi Raikkonen, he would make a terrible politician because he's so brilliantly blunt and entertaining when it comes to being a race car driver. You know, he was asked about hitting... Lewis Hamilton, and then receiving a 10-second penalty. He said it was fine. It was his mistake. And he was asked about, well, what if this happened or what if that happened? He said, it doesn't matter. That didn't happen. (laughs) He's just so very, he's not a negative person, but he's so very much a realist. And he doesn't, he's not a dream. He's not a big picture dreamer. He's not like, well, this is what it could be. He's like, this is what it is. And this is what I can do with what it is. I have to say in the vast majority of situations, I'm abundantly envious of that just to be able to just look at the situation candidly, see something for what it is and just move on. That, that's uncanny. I don't know how you do that. Now, he would be a terrible politician <laughs> because you have to have vision and you have to be able to see the bright side of things almost always. And uh, I'm not saying I wish Raikkonen was a good politician, but if there was something that he'd be specifically bad at, that's the one. To that end, though, being the blunt and very real race car driver that he is, it's just all the better for us racing fans. So I think that uh, Renault had some good performance again to help solidify their fourth in the Constructors' Championship. 
but we've got what's turned into a pretty clear group of lead teams. You know, Ferrari and Mercedes are the two top teams. Red Bull right there. They're just flirting on the edges, but they're not quite there. Then you look at uh, it's Ferrari with 287 points in the Constructors' Championship, Mercedes with 267, and then all of a sudden, uh, oh, Red Bull with 199, and then fourth in the Constructors, Renault, they have 70. So it's a pretty interesting, pretty tight mid-pack because it's 74th with Renault, 5th Haas Ferrari, 6th Force India, and that's 70, 51, and 49 points respectively, 7th McLaren, 48 points. That group of four... 22 points uh, between them. That's a pretty tight field. Not that long ago, McLaren was fourth in the Constructors' Championship. Clearly, that car is not developing as well as Renault or even the Haas. I mean, the Haas has been quite strong these last few Grand Prix. And, you know, you'd expect that in terms of development pace, you'd expect that Renault would have a clear advantage, McLaren would have a strong advantage, and that Haas and Force India would struggle a bit more. But Haas is keeping up very well. Fifth in constructors. They also look to be the quicker car than Force India. <laughs> you know, Grosjean, he did a really good job. He scored 12 points in Austria, but he was out again this Grand Prix. So, don't know what to say. And then you get down to eighth with Toro Sohanda. They're struggling a bit. Ninth, uh, Sauber being held up by uh, Charles Leclerc. And then poor Williams with four points in the entire season. That's just... More than anything, that one's just sad. But what else is sad is Romain Grosjean. I mean, taking himself out again, having an accident again with Carlos Sainz this time around. And this time you could argue that it was Carlos's fault. Carlos gave Romain enough room on the outside, but just barely. And Romain had a little wiggle, and that little wiggle was enough to uh, collect Carlos. I That was risky and the risk did not pay off for Carlos but the fact of the matter is is that Romain is just really starting to pile up accidents mistakes failures and it's just it's starting to become a bit much so I really hope that I don't care if he's a couple tenths slower just calm down get a few Grand Prix under your belt and gain your confidence back then maybe start creeping up score a couple points and just be consistent the other thing I wanted to say before I sign off here, tire performance. This Grand Prix was really good. This was the kind of tire performance you want to see. Different strategy calls, different strengths, different weaknesses coming into play. Tires actually wearing out, not easily lasting the length of the field. But I have to say, Pirelli got lucky as much as anything else. I mean, it's getting pretty ridiculous, and I'm very concerned that the next race is going to fall back into old habits. I mean, we have six set of tires. Four of them are some level of soft, okay? You have hard, medium, and then you have soft, super soft, ultra soft, and hyper soft. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, it just it loses all meaning when you have four different levels of tire that are all some kind of soft. Make it soft, medium, hard. Make hard your current soft. Make hyper soft your current uh, soft. And make super soft your medium and just be done with it. And in some racetracks, they're going to have to go through four sets of tires and do three pit stops. Good. Good. You know, this one stop, maybe two that we're getting. It's, I mean, so many races are becoming one stop races. It's getting silly. And, you know, Monaco being kind of a different thing, being its own animal, that's fine. But 
in Austria, it should have been two or three stops. In Britain, you know, at Silverstone, two stops minimum, if not three. That's that's what I think missing here. I think we've gotten way too conservative with tire compounds, and it's getting ridiculous. Anyway, that's my piece from the British Grand Prix. Wait, 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 wait. Which means it is time for trivia. And my question last time around was, even though we've had what seems like a season's worth of racing already, there's still another 12 Grand Prix to go in 2018. Well, now 11 because we had the British Grand Prix. When was the last year that the entire F1 season was 12, <clears throat> excuse me, Grand Prix long? And the answer was 1972. And in fact, that was the only year that the championship was 12, round, 12 rounds long. Emerson Fittipaldi won that championship. In that year, in 1972, Formula One went to four continents, racing in Argentina, South Africa, Spain, Monaco, Belgium, France, Great Britain, Germany, Austria, Italy, Canada, and the United States. So, yeah, really interesting. I thought that there would have been a string of two or three years or something, but no, just one year, 1972, that it was 12 races long. So, time for a new question. Between 1964 and 1986, the British Grand Prix was held at Brands Hatch during the even years. Silverstone got the odd years. In the 22 years, an 11 Grand Prix held at the near London Brands Hatch. One driver won that race three times. Who was it and when did he win? And the answer will come next Formula One podcast. Okay, well, before we go, I want to talk about the upcoming race schedule. Round 11 in Formula 1 is at the German Grand Prix on the 22nd of July. IndyCar's next race is next week. That's uh, round 12 in Toronto, and that's July 15th. And the World Endurance Championship, we still have a little bit of time for that. That'll be a six-hour race at Silverstone on the 19th of August. And finally, the eighth round of IMSA will be at Lime Rock for a two-hour two and 40-minute race, and that's the 20, 21st of July. So the Saturday before F1's race on Sunday. But I want to thank you for listening. Please take a moment to review us on iTunes or on whatever platform you get our podcasts. Please leave comments on the episode of your choice by going to funwithcars.com. As always, I can be reached at feedback at funwithcars.com. Tweet us at fun underscore with underscore cars. And check out our Facebook page at facebook.com. Last FW Cars. I'm Robin Warner. Goodbye. <laughs>